post pandemic, I'm like, oh, nothing fucking matters. And it's like, and so it kind of just became like, <laughs> I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. Like, I'm not, I can't please everyone. I'm not going to kill every time. That's Casey Balsam. And this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm Cara Duffy, a business coach and entrepreneur on a mission to help you live your most extraordinary life by showing you anything is possible. People who have mastered freedom, ease, and success, who are living their best and most ridiculous lives and are making an impact in their communities are often people you've never heard of until now. Things in the world are crazy right now, which is why we need laughter more than ever. Personally, I'm craving laughter from female comics who are sharing the ridiculous and insanity of the simple parts of our lives. Because let's be honest, simply being female and how we go through the world, between work, dating, family, biology, etc., is full of content for a stand-up set. That's why I'm excited for you to hear my conversation today with Casey, stand-up comic, podcast host and creator, and of course, a hilarious human. Welcome to the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I want to take people back and also tell you how guests end up on this podcast because it's called Powerful Ladies and the guests we have are incredibly powerful women, which we'll get into. But in reality, this should be called like Kara's Selfish Wishlist Podcast because (laughs) I'm out in the world I'm on Instagram, other places, and I'm like, I want to be friends with that person and that person and that person. And I just keep sending them to my ops manager being like, them please, them please. And I get so excited when someone like you is a yes, because I'm like, oh, I have so many questions. This is going to be great. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm excited. It's it's always fun to kind of get uh, a podcast request and not really uh, from, from from people that I that I, I don't know previously and uh, and meet new people and just kind of, you know, everybody shares. We're all spreading each other to our other people. So it's fun. Yeah. And so before we jump over it, let's tell everyone who you are, where you are, and what you're up to in the world. Oh, yes. Uh, My name is Casey Balsham. I am a comedian in New York City. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what my time is (laughs) spent (laughs) spent doing, trying not to lose my mind while screaming at... uh, audiences that are in their 20s. Uh, you know, it's it's fun. It's a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that you always wanted to be a comedian? It was kind of one of those things that... I, I was always interested in entertainment. Like I wanted, I did musical theater and I was a theater major. And I kind of like, I, I thought uh, initially I wanted to go the acting route. And, uh, or at one point I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a singer. And and that's all that stuff is very hard. Not that being a comedian is easier, but it's, you know, uh, when you look at how much work goes into things, you're like, oh, this feels like the less, <laughs> the, the least amount uh, that I can do. And so I always kind of had people would sign my yearbooks being like, see you on SNL and like always doing this thing. And so I kind of, it kind of seemed like the right path to go into. And then I did it and I liked it and I kept doing it. And I was like, oh, this isn't as scary. And I think I'm kind of good at it. So it just kind of stuck, Mm -hmm. stuck on me. Well, everything of yours that I've seen 
I always belly laugh. Like if there's nothing that I'm like, oh, ha ha, move on. No, it's, that's never <laughs> what it is. And I think you have this really unique um, perspective that a lot of other comedians aren't talking about. Because unfortunately for female comics, there tends to be such stereotypical categorization uh, that makes me crazy, right? Like, are yeah. you the angry, like dating c- comic? Are you over here? And we've had the pleasure of having some other great female comics on Powerful Ladies. Um, but there's something about the what relates to me is just total realness of just what's happening and how insane life actually is from you that just tickles my funny bone. Like, how would you describe what you're sharing in your comedy? Uh, well, thank you for, for laughing at me. That's the point, you know, <laughs> that's, that's kind of why I, why I do this. Um, I, you know, post, uh, I was just talking to somebody about this post pan pre pandemic. I think I was a very different comic than I am now. So I, I would say it's almost like, I feel like I've, I've had a bit of a, uh, a reinvention, if you will. Like I'm still, I still have some of the similar jokes, but, but the meaning and my, feelings towards the jokes have changed like post pandemic. I'm like, Oh, nothing fucking matters. And it's like, and so it kind of just became like, (laughs) I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to hold back. I'm not going to be for everybody. And that's okay. Like I'm not, Mm -hmm. I can't please everyone. I'm not going to kill every time. I'm going to just go on stage and not try to, cause I was like living and dying by each set. And and I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to hate myself for, for, for mistakes or after my sets, or I'm not going to put the pressure on myself that I was. So now it's really opened me up to be, to talk about these things that I want to talk about. You know, I'm, I'm going through infertility. And so most of my set it now is about kind of that process, which isn't something that people think, Oh, hilarious. She can't get (laughs) pregnant. Whoa. That's so funny. But that's the point, you know? Mm -hmm. And I, and I try really hard to, um, to make sure that it, there's funny, even if you aren't going through it or it's not of interest. Like I try to make the jokes strong enough, even if the subject matter is something that people might go, I don't really want to hear about your egg retrieval. I'm like, no, but I promise you, like, just listen a little bit. It's really silly. So I, I've been trying to, I've just really opened myself up to kind of doing whatever I want. Yeah. Yeah. Which, um, I think is the secret to everyone having more fun and making more money in reality. Nothing matters. <laughs> Nothing matters. Look at what's happening in this world. Nothing matters. No. It's just, just do what makes you happy. Do what you want. I've leaned into a lot of physicality on stage. Like people are like, yeah. you're like, I've just gotten a little unhinged. And I think that that's where we all need to be to survive. <laughs> I think we all need to be on the border of just, just, just throwing it all away. <laughs> Well, there's just so much of life that is completely insane as well. It's insane. Like we're at like a level 200 out of a 10 scale right now. But even when we're when we're in more of a relaxed state of, of world being, yeah, there's still like just who we are as humans is ridiculous. Um, and I ha- like I'm laughing even at my own like the notes I took. <laughs> I'm like high waist pants, dating success, uh-huh. and adulting. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I want to jump to the high-waisted pants thing. Because oh, sure. Also a high-waisted pants lover, but I also come from a background of making products. And I saw okay. your post, which um, of a high-fashion runway, yes. taking your t-shirt. And I instantly went into Mama Bear like, ooh, do you have a lawyer? Ooh, we're going <laughs> to... 
I'm like, this is not okay. <laughs> and the th- I know. And the thing is, yeah. So I made, I made, I had that joke that went viral about, about high-waisted pants. And so I, we made merch, me and this uh, wonderful designer, her name is Kylie Knudsen. And she goes by end of story on New York and she's insanely talented. And so she, she drew me up this, this, this merch where the shirt has more pants. And then, yeah. And then we did that. I think we lo- we put that out in May and then in June it was on a red. So chances are there was like already some things in the work, but it was pretty funny that we saw that and we were like, what? We're high fashion. It's so crazy. So like, I doubt that they were, they were on my Instagram, but it was just really funny to be like diet Prada. This is big news. And it's like, you know, they don't care, (laughs) but, but I appreciate you. I appreciate you um, wanting to come to my defense. Thank you so much. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just, you know, Prada and Chanel, they have teams that all they do is send out cease and desist letters to people all the time, which is so annoying when you're in the product. Really? Oh yeah. Like, um, I worked for uh, DC shoes, the skate company for a little yeah, while yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and their logo is the D and a C backwards. Right. Well, DC shoes can't put that logo on any women's product because they might confuse it with Chanel product, which that alone is its mm-hmm. own comedy opportunity. Yeah. Because um, they make this, they make the same things, obviously, obviously. obviously. Yeah. And there was a crossover when they moved into like some snowboarding and skate looks that, I don't think anyone who typically wears Chanel actually bought. It was more of a runway kind of push, but still I'm like, you're moving into our space now. Like now we should be able yeah, to. to yeah. You're like, that's kind of our thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they made all these rules where it got super complicated, no bags, no, no handbags, no wallets, no snowboards. You're like, you're, you're basically crushing our business. Thank you. Yeah. That's wild. I did not know yeah. that. And I don't yeah. know why you care about that customer at all. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, so I'm also someone who has um, gone through the IVF kind of stage. Okay. Interesting with me is that I started it, was with the partner. We've, we've now separated. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, do I do this by myself or do I, right. like, fingers crossed, like, will someone magically appear in the next six to eight months? So it's, a, it's, again, like I'm laughing at myself and like the ridiculousness of what the universe likes to deliver. Yeah. It has a sense of humor for sure. Right. Um, how, how has that process been for you and how has using comedy, I don't know, like made it easier or more, yeah. how, how has it shifted it for you by being able to talk about it in your sets? It made me process it. I wasn't like, uh, I even say like, I, you know, I have this uh, whole show about uh, infertility and I, and I say it's, it's weird because even as I was going through it, I'm the person that's giving myself the shots. I'm physically feeling it. I'm physically feeling my emotions. I'm physically gaining weight in my back. Like I'm physically like (laughs) going the person going through it. It still felt like it wasn't happening to me. It still felt like it was above me. It felt like it was around me. It didn't feel like it was happening to me. And then writing about it and kind of getting to, to go through these things and watch people kind of like be shocked at, at the process and, 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 and open the journey up to like Instagram and, and then having people like come up to me after shows and people message me on Instagram and all these things that made it more real. Like I just wasn't processing it until I, and I've always been a somebody that needed to write things down 
to get, like, I still have a planner, a, a physical yeah. planner. I still have to write my jokes down. I can't like take notes in my phone. I just won't remember them. Mm-hmm. I have to write down my, t- so, and even like, even in high school, when I was going through some, some like uh, anxiety and depression type stuff, what helped me was always writing things down. And so I should have known that writing this out, what is going to be the way that I was going to make my way through it. But, uh, but it really, really helped me process it. And, and I, and it's been really interesting connecting with people in the audience that have gone through similar things, or even like nurses that'll be like, oh, that's exactly right. Or like, I, cause I talk about this one thing called shoulder dystocia, which happens sometimes during childbirth where a baby's head comes out and the body gets stuck. And I make it a joke about how men, I think I put it up about how men could yes. never give birth because they could never, they're not, they just couldn't have a head coming out of them and then function. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they just, I think in my joke, I'm like, they, they're like, I need a window seat. Like they just, they're not, they're not equipped the way that we're equipped. And, um, and I had a nurse come up to me and she's like, oh my God, she's like, you had shoulder just like, she's like, you had it right. You were talking about it. And like, so I'm like, oh, good, good. Medic, medically, I'm not bullshitting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really helped me process my own experience, uh, saying it out loud and then having people to talk to about it after. It's funny too. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll do literally 15 to 20 minutes on trying to have a baby and going through IVF and people will still come up to me afterwards and be like, was all that true? And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah. Like, what do you think that this is the subject that I fucking chose to, and I just have seven kids at home and this is just like for you guys. <laughs> no, it's true. Like people are like, that's all true. And I'm like, yes, it's all true. So it's very funny, yes. but it's cool. It's cool. Um, the other thing I think that kind of parallels to this, which I appreciate your take on is just dating and how you have a a joke about how your friends are like forcing you into strangers' cars. Oh yeah. Yeah. When I was single. Yeah. Cause I was single in my thirties and people are like, what? And you're like, dude, we're doing it now. This is what's happening. You know, I, I, I'm married now, but it was, but I'm 40 now, you know, but Mm -hmm. we got married at 30. I was 38 when I got married and it's, that's people find that you know, they're like, that's your, you, we get married at 26. I'm like, well, not fucking everybody, you know, like it's it's not happening like that anymore. No, for a lot of people. And I'm surprised being in New York that you still had all that pressure. Cause I feel like that's the one place where you can get away with it more than other places. Oh yeah. Completely, Mm -hmm. completely. But it still is, you know, when you're single, people do just really, they want to set you up with anybody. And you're like, I still have tastes and standards, like just because, (laughs) and and you know what? And I think, I think it has to do with this biological clock thing. I think it has to do with the fact that if you want babies, you have to think about this, but, Mm -hmm. and nobody will tell you to look into freezing your eggs. Like you can eliminate so much stress. If you just think you want child are like 30, 31, 32, 33, not with somebody, but know that this is something you want. You're like, just go fucking go have a doctor look up there. Go, go. And I know, and I say this knowing that there's costs and there's prices and and things like that, but just look into it. Yeah. Just look into it and remove that stress from your life. And then you can date anyone you want. You don't have to date people (laughs) with like six fingers or something just because your friends want you to. You might appreciate the feedback I got from a, a fertility doctor and you're welcome oh, yeah. to use this wherever you want to. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, I wanted to get a second opinion. Okay. And the I'm talking to the guy because I was like, do I freeze my eggs? What do we do? And he Oh, goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know what? Um, he's like, I don't know if it's worth freezing your eggs. Like there's a 25% chance for your age, all this other stuff. He's like, let's just freeze embryos. I'm like, 
okay, like that you want a higher success rate, but I don't have the sperm donor currently. <laughs> and he goes, but that's okay. He's like, let's pick a couple. We'll freeze them all and you can choose later. I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's Wait, like, well, he, yes, he wanted you to his, just pick a couple sperm donors, just a couple willy nilly sperm donors. He's like, well, he's like, pick, you know, like you it's wanna... not a big fucking decision. Thank this you. is this is the thing. Fertility <laughs> doctors, especially is it a male fertility doctor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I don't even have enough words for this man. <laughs> I, and I have a male fertility doctor. And I and I and I love him, but the stories that I hear sometimes are just like, it, I think they forget because they do this so often that this is our, this is the only time we're going through it. So like sometimes nurses and doctors will yeah. say things and you're like, and they send you into a fucking spiral and you're like, oh, cause you've seen 85 patients today. You're the only fertility doctor that I saw today. I only see one, one every so often. So like, if you could just not cause me to spiral, I, I can't believe that they were, that, that, that he asked you to willy nilly, just, just fertilize your eggs with just anything. His recommendation was my, <laughs> um, my previous partner. Mm -hmm. Let, let's make him one. Let's make another like male friend that you really trust. He could be a second and then let's do a sperm donor for the third option. And then, you know, when you're ready, you can choose. And I'm like, yeah, but you told me I have to choose anyway in like a year. So why don't I just give it a year hoping that I don't need to have all of these awkward conversations in the meantime. Like, I, if just... I have to have that call. Let's do it later. <laughs> Like, that's insane to me. <laughs> I, I know. That's insane that somebody would look at you and be like, yeah, yeah. why not? Why yeah. not? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And I respect that he was coming from the, like, he was just thinking, how do I guarantee that this person will have a child? Which I appreciate. But there was a huge gap between, like, where I was <laughs> to what he was recommending. And... I, I like, I'm like, do you have therapy that goes with that program? Because that's, yeah, that's what I, that's what the, the, I was just thinking. <laughs> I was like, he did not even, not even consider what the mental aspect of that no. would be for you Yeah, because he's not a woman because they don't fucking understand by design. It's our bodies that have to go through all this shit. And so it's just, it's, it's really but impossible for anybody to understand it. But like, as the doctor, <laughs> As the doctor, man, get it together, bro. Yeah. It get was, it together. Yeah. I, I left Wild. that phone call crying, laughing, and I'm like, okay, he's probably not my doctor, but this is this is gold for someone. He's, he's probably not your doctor. I had a friend. <laughs> I had a friend who went, and this is what's so, it's very important to find a doctor that you like. Because I've had two doctors that I like. One, I didn't have mm -hmm great success with. And I think it was just because he did a little bit more of an old school protocol. And I'm with a new guy now who's a little bit more modern and I'm, and I'm responding yeah. better to that. So you have to know the differences to when, when to kind of move on and when to ask questions, but, um, wait, shoot. I just lost my train of thought. What were we just, what were we just saying before this? Sorry. Not the doctor for you. Oh, oh yes, 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 yes. yes. I was going to say my, uh, it's important to like the doctor because my friend, her IVF doctor, the nurse there told her she was only allowed to ask one question a day. What? Could you imagine going through a scientific process like this that is that is so intensive, that is so you have to you're literally a chemist. You're mixing shots in your fucking kitchen. You're you're shooting yourself in the ass with needles that are very long. Like and to, for the nurse to be like, you can only ask me one question a day. I was. 
I'm horrified for some of these places. So yes, find a doctor that doesn't tell you to willy nilly, just impregnate your eggs and lets you ask more than one question. Yeah. Try that out. (laughs) And and I keep thinking about how most women who want to freeze their eggs or are going through IVF, they tend Mm -hmm. to be women who have very full schedules and no one prepared, at least didn't prepare me for the idea that just to do the egg retrieval process, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. can't leave your house for the entire process. Not like you can't leave your house, but you can't go anywhere because Lord knows when you have to come back and be like, yeah. you've got four windows to do that. And you're like, wait, I don't do anything in my life as insane as this. Like, you yeah. know, what do you want me to do? The scheduling of it was mm-hmm. mind blowing. I'm like, there has to be a different way. Yeah. You ha- you have to be at the doctor's almost every day. Well, at least every couple of days and then at the end every day. And then you have to take your shots at a certain time. I was bringing, I literally had needles in my purse. Like I was shooting up in bathrooms at comedy clubs. Uh, I, I was taking shots in cars because there's, there's certain times that you have to do it like at this time. And so wherever you are, you got to shoot yourself up. So I was like literally carrying a, a, a mini cooler around the city, just like, okay, just like literally taking my shots and then running on stage. It was, it's a wild process. Well, I guess that makes you more of an official comedian if you are shooting up in the bathrooms. (laughs) It makes me, yeah, a a 70s and early 70s male comedian. Absolutely. One of the greats. One of the greats. One of the greats. Exactly. Mm -hmm. You're you're not wrong there. (laughs) You know, when you think about um, powerful ladies, do Mm -hmm. the words powerful and ladies mean something different to you when they're separate versus when they're put together? Powerful ladies separate and together. Uh, I mean, just, you know, like you say in my joke, I think just the fact that we do, we are the people that are, um, and this is, you know, I know that there's a whole thing right now with like birthing parents and things like that. But just if you, if you identify as a woman and you give birth my fucking God, that's powerful. Like it's just because I I can't think of anything that you have to be stronger for Mm -hmm. than that goddamn process. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's nasty. It changes you. Your hormones fluctuate. Your tits get bigger. Your hair grows in weird places. Your feet grow a whole size. And then you you either push something out of your body or they put your guts on a table and pull something out of it. Like, it's just like, I, I... cannot think of anybody else. like they're like it's it's in, it's insane that how strong that that makes us and i don't know if strong i guess strong and powerful like i kind of think of it in the same realm but powerful women it, it's just it feels it feels like a weird time to be a woman and it i i, I guess lately i've felt a bit powerless, you know, like just with everything that's going on, I've felt a bit like our power is trying to be taken from us. Um, and it's just, I'm grat. It's a really weird feeling right now. You know, it's a really weird. And it's also just, it's, it's really weird to be thought of as less than because yep. again, like we, uh, we can do most everything except for like lift a fridge. I don't want to. Do you know what and I mean? Some women can. Yeah. And some women can exactly. But like, uh, you know, it's like, I, I'm so tired of, of physical strength like that. I mean, yeah. again, I, I did mention childbirth, which does require physical strength, but I'm so tired of like an, the athlete argue argument of like, well, men are just better athletes. It's like, 
So that that means you should get paid more or that means that we Mm -hmm. shouldn't be able to be president. Like, it's just it's fucking insane to me. Um, So I guess at the end of the day, (laughs) the feelings I have at this very moment as we sit here, powerful women to me is just anybody that is a woman right now. (laughs) <laughs> and living in this fucking hellscape. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and having and having to go through their day every day as we watch what's happening to women. Like mm-hmm. the fact that we can get up, say hello, talk to each other, go to work, function in this yes. society with what's being done to us. <laughs> That's powerful. Yeah. That's powerful uh- to me. Just being a woman right now is powerful. Someone asked me on the podcast, um, last recording we did about who, who I thought was a current powerful lady. Like, is Oprah mm-hmm. still on the list? I'm like, of course, Oprah's still on the list, but of course, Oprah. Oprah's today, always on the list. Oprah always. is the list. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> if you ask yeah. me today, like who, who's really killing it as a powerful lady. I'm like the lady in Texas who's fighting her HOV lane ticket. Yes. Because that is hilarious and witty. And I'm like, yes, more of that, please. Because uh, yeah. We have to answer ridiculous with ridiculous. I just, that, that's like the only language that seems to be spoken right now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's true. That's very true. I agree. <laughs> agree. You're here. Yeah. <laughs> You're here. Yeah. I, I vote for you. <laughs> when we, when you look at your journey and where you've come from, if you go back to eight year old you, would you have imagined that you were living the life you have now and that you were a comedian? Um, eight-year-old me had a mustache. So I'm just glad we've grown out of that. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think eight-year-old me was a bit of a maniac. I think I was definitely still kind of like trying to, uh, using humor to, to fit in. And it kind of feels like this is just an elevated version of that. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, so I think eight-year-old me definitely, she almost had bigger dreams. Like now I've like, now, now I've realized you have to kind of, um, you do have to kind of narrow down the path that you want to, to walk down, you know? And, um, but I think, I feel like she'd be excited about New York and I've always been a big, like the musical theater person. And so like mm-hmm. my, if I, if I don't have a show, I see Broadway shows. That is, that is my self-care. That is my hobby. It is what I do. I take myself on dates to Broadway shows all the time. I see everything numerous times. I know the gossip, like it's very fun. Um, and so I think eight-year-old me would be very excited that she's now seen a uh, little shop of horrors three times live. So Amazing. She'd, she'd be excited about that. <laughs> How have other powerful ladies in your life helped you on your journey and inspired you along the way? Um, let's see. I think um, powerful ladies, how have they helped me? I think just, you know, when you're a female comedian there, I do feel like there's a little bit of like a a, a silent nod that happens mm-hmm. um, just because it's such a different and I don't uh, journey road, you know, one yeah. of those buzzwords for this, but like, <laughs> it's just, it's such a different experience mm-hmm. to go through it. So I say like, uh, yeah, female comics still doing it. Um, it's definitely nice to have, to be on shows with other women to be like, okay, well, 
at least not, we know nothing, nothing bad can happen if we're both here, you know? Um, uh, and it's just, it's, it's just, yeah, it's just helpful to have women doing the same thing as you. I think it, yeah. it's, even if it's not explicitly like, Hey, I'm going to call this guy for you. It's just helpful to see other people succeeding in what you want to do. So like, to, like female comics that have made it, it's just, it's very, it's uh it's inspiring. And I'd say that I've been thinking a lot about like my grandma lately too, which has kind of been, um, in some way helpful, just kind of remembering who she was in my life. And, and yeah, I guess that I think just surrounding, surrounding myself with other women who don't give a fuck, which is, mm-hmm. which is nice. And, and, and getting rid of, not getting rid of, but like definitely filtering out yep. people that don't align with what I'm trying to do anymore. It's exhausting to tiring those people around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And entertain their fucking craziness. And you're just like, oh, this isn't, I'm not, we can't, sorry. Nope. <laughs> not for exhausted. me. Any, I'm too exhausted. I'm getting too old. It comes with age too. And it comes with finding the like-minded people mm-hmm. around you to be like, oh, this is the energy I want around me. Not that. So yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know I, if I answered the question. Did I? You did. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of. Yes. I feel like a round Because I've never really thought about powerful women in my life. Like, a, you know, I just kind of always, I think I just appreciate being around women. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, like I said, I don't think it's like explicit help. It's just more of like an appreciation for like, we're all doing this, man. Yeah. You I know? think there's a, there's a difference in like being around females and then being around like your women, I think, or like the, the yeah. like-mindedness. Because when I, um, I was living in Germany for a while and I had a group of girlfriends there, we call ourselves the fancy frows and uh-huh. It felt like I was eight every day hanging out with them because yeah. we were just crying, laughing, being ridiculous. The best. Like it, it, you, when you feel, when you're around other women who make you feel like you can literally do anything and get away with it, that's like one of my favorite feelings. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, 100%. And I do think that there is something like, especially with the last couple of years and everything that's going on, like I said, there is, there is this kind of, I feel like secret where we're just helping each other more. I think yes. that there was you know, there, there are worlds where when you're younger or where jealousy more plays a factor or you're pitted against, or you want what they have, or you want their hair, or you want the, and I think that just between like the me too and Roe v. Wade and all this stuff, I feel like women are really coming together to be like, Hey girls, we got each other. Like we can't really count on, on, other people to understand our needs and, and, and what we go through. So like, I really do think we're, we're there for each other in a way that, that maybe we weren't a couple years ago. I don't know. You know, maybe, yeah. may, I just feel like we're all, we're fucking in it now. We're just, we're doing it. You know, well, I think we've also realized, and I, and I've seen this shift in, in my lifetime, I'm 40 also. And yeah. Like when you wanted to be like a, a woman who made something of themselves, it felt like first 20 ish years of my life that there wasn't, there's was like three spots. Mm-hmm. And so you had to do a little bit of this to be like, I ha- like, get me into one of the spots. <laughs> and now we're like, oh, that's a lie. 
<laughs> there's all these spots. There's so, a lot of spots. Yeah. Yeah. yeah is, and that it's, yeah. we've kind of been set up to not support each other. And then yeah. now we're like, wait, we need to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I to. mean, that's true. I see that in comedy too. You see lineups that have one female comic. So it's like, you're like, oh, I want to be the one. And it's like, mm-hmm. man, you can have more, more than yes. one. Ophira Eisenberg always has my favorite, my favorite joke. Whenever there's two girls on a lineup, she's like, what is this? A breast cancer awareness mm-hmm. benefit? Because it's like, <laughs> it's always like, they always just will do like an only girl one yeah. and make some fucking big to do about it. It's like, you can just put yeah. more than what we do. We all have different experience. We don't have the same mother. We don't have the same thing. Like, no. cause you can see, you see men talk about the same thing over and over and people are okay with that. But mm-hmm. two women mention the same thing. And it's like, blah, you know, but, but, but yeah, you're right. We're, we, there's, there's there, it seemed we were brought up to believe that there was only a few spots and we realize now that there's a lot happening and you can make, yeah. There's new things happening too. Mm-hmm. There's not only these couple boxes. Like it was like, no. you want to be a teacher. You want to be a nurse. You want to be this. And it's like, now there's, it feels like there's everything. Well, and I, and I think a lot of what powerful ladies have in common is we're realizing that we get to just do all the things anyway. Like our ideal place is overlapping like 15 of them, right? Like what yeah. it look like to be like Broadway comedy to song and dance all together. Right. And you're like, Oh, that's what I want to do anyway. Let's just mash it up. <laughs> do it, it, make it, create it. We're in a yeah. world where we're, we're in this crazy state where we can really, you can really create what you want. I mean, again, it, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work. It's not as easy. You know, when you, when you decide to take on anything creative, it's not as easy as a boss standing above you every day being like, yeah. I need the reports and I need you to, there's a, this is due and, type up and add all this. It's like, you really do have to work hard, but, but you can find a place to do exactly what you want. Yeah. You can. I, I was listening to, do you ever listen to the smart list podcast? I don't. It cracks me up. It got me through, I think part of COVID like hearing how insane those episodes were, but, um, they, Jason Bateman keeps talking about like, people don't understand what it's like to be an actor. Like you get rejected all the time. It's not like a regular career. I'm like, Jason Bateman, like how about entrepreneurs (laughs) every day? We are doing like the same thing. Like anyone who's selling themselves know this. And it it was, it just made me realize what a cute little bubble he's in of, I'm like, no, no, every day, this is what's happening. We're all selling ourselves most of the time. And even being in a safe corporate job, there's so much bullshit that goes on there. And oh yeah, it's, but it is, it's, it's different when part of me misses having someone to tell you what to do, tell me what to do, but almost more like acknowledge that I've actually done anything. I get it. Yeah. I'll run through the day and be like, did I do anything at all? (laughs) Meanwhile, you've sent like 10 emails, you've crossed (laughs) things out. Like, yeah, Yeah. I totally get that. There is something satisfying about somebody seeing you do something and being like, you did it. Yes. You did it. I know. But you just have to do that for yourself. You know, you have to indulge and get, you know, give yourself the... Treats. I don't know. I'm yeah. very, I'm very into <laughs> shopping as a shopping as a way to be like, you wrote two emails, go ahead and buy that shirt online. You've been looking at. Well, I think I'm going to take that advice later today. I'm like three podcast episodes. Check. Okay, go. There you go. You did something Buy yourself something. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have no discipline. I have no, I have no self-discipline. I will spend everything I have on things I will never use, but you know what? It feels good when they come in the mail. Yes. You get that moment. You get that moment. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'd love to know a little bit about like what your process is. Speaking of discipline, like you, Mm. when you're in control of what your day looks like, how, how do you do have a specific time for writing? Like, how do you organize your day so that you can show up? I feel like I'm the busiest person who does nothing. I feel like constantly I have stuff to do, but yet I do make time to at least watch like three hours of Love Island. So it's like, I feel (laughs) it's, I, I am a person who gets more done when I'm busy. If I have every day free, nothing is getting done. Nothing is getting done. So it's like, I keep part-time jobs so that I have somewhat of a schedule. And I, and it actually, I find that it works for me because if I know that Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have to do this, then I know that I, I, that there has to be productive. I also give myself uh, goals and homework, like actual dates. So like I'm doing the fringe festival in Edinburgh, this, this, next month. So the whole month of August. So I actually, it's like, I know that I have to be working on this show until I leave because if it's not done, so like I'll do things like that. We're all just, I will book a venue and say, I'm doing a one woman show and then I have to write it. You know, like I have to give myself sometimes these, these homeworks, but I'm not, I'm not somebody that can look at a blank page and write. I have to have things happen in my life. And Mm -hmm. I find I'm actually most and I, and I should know this about myself by now and just plan for this, but like, I'm most creative when I'm on my way to a spot. So when I'm on the train, I'll be like, when I'm on my train to the spot and I'm thinking about my set, I'll think of tags and I'll write it down. Mm-hmm. When I'm sitting in the back of a comedy club, lit, like in the environment of comedy, I can do that, but I'm not great. Like there's some people that are great at free writing. And I, if I had that as a habit, maybe I'd be better at it, but fuck mm-hmm. man, I need, I need life to happen and yeah. I need to kind of, um, have that. But I will say it also writing the show about infertility was probably the easiest way to write is to pick it. And I was like, Oh, I get why people do this. Now they pick one topic yeah. and you write about one topic because it's you there's, there's, if it's got enough stuff, there's a, you can write forever. Um, so that was really really helpful. But no, as far as the process goes, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm all, all over the place. I, I am not also like a person that feels creative in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm a person that if, if I'm, if I'm off, I, my productivity starts at like two. Yeah. <laughs> like I need, I need a little bit of downtime in the morning. I got to do my wordle, my hurdle, my portal, my octurdle, my sick turtle, <laughs> my, my, my framed, I got to do all my shit. And then mm-hmm. And, and, and kind of just like zone out for a bit, you know, this is the same way I was in high school. My dad used to make fun of me because before I'd have to start homework, I would play no less than three hours of like solitaire or free cell on the computer before I started my homework. It's like, I need my junk time to be productive. And it's just, I'm just, I'm, I'm a last minute. That's also me. I'm, I'm like procrastinator. I'm a last Mm -hmm. minute person. So like, if I have one hour to do something, it will, that's, I will, I'll be on the plane to Edinburgh, still memorizing my show. Like that's who I am. Not very organized. I mean, organized actually, but like for my own stuff like that, I'm not, but like my shit's labeled. I've got containers everywhere. I'm the goddamn home edit (laughs) everywhere else besides my brain. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> well, and every every book talks about how that's how some of the most creative people are. Yeah, and, and a mess, a mess. Well, not a mess, but just like you know, being <laughs> the doing the last minute because yeah, there's so many. There's you know, I read a stupid amount of business and optimization efficiency type books, and there's this huge trend right now about you know the thing we've all known that you get anything done in the time you're given. If you have five minutes, you get it done. If you have five hours, you'll take five hours. You have five weeks, you'll take all five weeks, even though you get the same. Oh, yeah. What the hell is that about? I think we just need to give ourselves a break that procrastination means that we're not wasting our time, actually. That's just how it is. It's just how it is. Man, don't see, see now, now that's, (laughs) now I've got my excuses. (laughs) I'll be like, I'm not procrastinating. I just have a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got time. It'll take me an hour. I'll do it on Tuesday. I, well, I just, I have a month to do it. Oh my yeah. God. That's funny. Well, we uh, spend yeah. so much time thinking about it, right? Like even yeah. the team will tease me. Like if we're going to do a new topic or theme or a new workshop, I know it, I'm like working on it in here the whole time, but it might yeah. take me one to four hours, to like put it into something other people can consume, but I don't like... I'm working on it the whole time. I'm sure. I guess that's true. Yes. Because my brain is always thinking about it. My brain is thinking about my show, but the actual sitting time in front of my script and my, and and editing time is like, yeah, it's sporadic, but my brain is always kind of like Mm -hmm. thinking you're right. See, look, God, I'm so, I'm so professional. I'm so good. I I do everything correct. I, (laughs) I use my time wisely, man. It's crazy. (laughs) Killing it. Killing it. I'm killing it. I am. I'm killing it. (laughs) Do you consider one of your part-time jobs the podcast? Oh, my podcast. Um, Kind of, but I'm not really... Kind of, yeah. It kind of is more... Yeah, I mean, I'm not making money on my podcast, so it doesn't feel like a job. It just kind of feels like a way that I'm staying connected with people. Mm -hmm which I guess also is part of the job. It's marketing. You know, being a comedian, mm-hmm. part of it is to kind of always be uh, putting out stuff for people. It's like, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. part of the job. Content creation is just fucking part of this job now. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it is part of the bigger job of the the, the career job. So yeah. 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 All right. It's, okay. It's, Let's go with that. Yes. It's a hundred percent marketing, hundred yeah. percent marketing. Yeah. Um, I, I am frustrated though, as a business owner, and I'm frustrated for my clients too, about how much content we now have to make. It's just in it. It's just part of it. I know. I know. It's, it's like uh Gary, I saw a Gary V thing and he's like, I just start filming my whole life. And then I have clips for days. I'm like, then you're just your own reality show at that point. And it's like, whew. but when you're in this space, I know I, I, I talk with comics about this all the time because people are like, I don't want to do clips. I want, I don't want to do that. I go, then you're basically somebody handing out a CD in Times Square. Who has a fucking CD player still? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like you're a dinosaur. You have to pivot. We have to pivot and go where the job, and and yes, it's not fair that this job has changed in the last 10 years. This job has changed, but there's just more to it, but there's also more opportunity that way. Like people weren't making as much money as they're making as comedians now. Like there's like you can make money on YouTube and on TikTok yeah. and on Instagram and on Facebook. Like there's a lot of monet and on podcasts. Like so, yeah. it's like 
It's like, if you want to not do any of this stuff, then you will continue to get your hundred dollars from clubs and all that stuff. Yeah. But if you want this other revenue stream, you just have to do other work. And that's just fucking part of it. And it is, it's very annoying, especially at 40. Like I have a hotmail, you see, like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not technologically savvy, but I know that I have to at least try to pick one of the things and mm-hmm. stay, stay up to date with where this job is going. Well, the exciting thing I learned the other day, and maybe you already know this, um, anyone can film a TV show and put it on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. That was what I Oh, you, you put it on Amazon because people buy it then from Amazon. I think, I, I don't know what happens after that, but I was talking to a friend of mine who's a producer editor, and I was joking that we need a Powerful Ladies podcast because there's like a lack of any like stories out there that I was, I'm like, we're missing all these great stories. And he's like, you can just make it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, how much? And he's like, between two to five K an episode, probably. Whoa. I was like, I was like hmm, that's much more reasonable than I thought. That there'd be a lot I was more like, zeros. That, I was like, yeah, that feels very cheap, but yeah. I guess there's a way. Yeah. So that's, um, I think that's so fascinating now because I don't think people are thinking about that. He's like, yeah, then you get to claim that you have a TV show on Amazon. I'm like, that is true. I mean, people are doing a lot. We're seeing it with comedians a lot, put self-producing and putting on YouTube and getting like more views and they probably yeah. went on certain streaming services. So there is a way just to kind of, like I said, there's a, there's a way to do things yourself. It just, it's just work. It's just, yes. it's more work, but yeah. there's ways. Yes. I yes. have this post-it on my monitor that says, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. I love it. Uh, Cause I keep trying to remind myself like, we're, we're, for me, and maybe you, this happens to you too. I realize I get committed into something into the cycle and I'm like, wait, 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 this is a great idea. And now I'm in it. And I'm like, this is not fun. How do we make this fun again? Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, back to the content creation piece. It's like, all right, how do we make it fun? I had to give it has up to be something that you want to do. Yeah. 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 What'd you have I to did, give up? Well, I just had to give up making it a thing. Right. Cause I was like, oh, I have to put makeup on and I have to like do my hair and I have to put clothes yeah. on. And then I was like, you know what? Today, the only time I have to make content is walking my dog. So you're going to come on a walk with me in a baseball hat and who knows what I'm wearing. And there might be a truck going by, but oh, well, we'll figure it I, out. I like that because I think that's where I get hung up a lot too, is making it a thing. And it doesn't have to yeah. be a thing because if it's a thing, yeah. you're right, that it's not fun. But if it's just me being an idiot doing something with like <laughs> given like... No, I'm just, you know, given like kind of it's, it's just a split second. It's not too much thought goes into it. I think that's when they're better than when, when I do try to be too like, yeah, too into it. So that's totally, you're right. Doesn't have to be a thing. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be a thing. It doesn't. Do you tattooing that on my (laughs) tattooing that on my fucking arm? Doesn't have to be a thing. Um, I do enjoy the podcast, but it's true crime. So it's there's definitely an element of having to do like research every week that kind of gets a little bit. And um, but I do. And, and, you know, like I go off the rails, so we'll be talking about a murder and we'll get into like fast food, you know, like there's just like, yeah. it's, I, I like to see where, um, where the conversations go and, and how they go with different friends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's, yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely fun. And for going into true crime, does it, mm-hmm. do you, do you find it fascinating? Does it ever freak you out? Do you have like, it's almost I, like I put it away when I'm done with it. Like some of them stay with me, yeah. but like I, to, to research 
and I don't always do murders. I do like MLMs. I do scams. I do like all kinds of stuff so that it's not so anything shady, (laughs) shady shit. Um, but I, I definitely like, I use them, then I lose them. You know, like I, it's like, I can't keep, I have to get rid of stuff for new information. So, so definitely, but there are some that you read and you're just like, like, it's just that they, they, certain creeps stick with you. Yeah. I got into a a sick phase of, I was also driving cross country to go home for the holidays Uh and I was, I was binge listening to crime junkie and I'm like, what am I doing? I am driving by myself on these shady highways at truck stops. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Cause I'm going to, I'm walking into this very nice, normal looking hotel being like, who's behind me? What's happening? We're ordering <laughs> and I just yeah. I had to stop because my head goes crazy. It's why I also can't watch even like SVU at night by myself in the dark. So. Oh yeah. Well, you should, my, my sister had a rule that I've adopted. She says no scary things before bed. <laughs> no scary. So yeah, we do, we do Seinfeld. I do love Island. Yes. I do only, only happy, happy, bright things before bed. But no, I was listening to, I was, I was really big on sword and scale for a bit. I don't know if you've ever listened to sword no. and scale. It is, it is the most intense, most detailed, like very gruesome true crime. And I was like, okay. And, I, and I've said this on my podcast a few times. It was like, I'd be listening to her on the train while I was playing Candy Crush. And then it was like, every time I played Candy Crush, like <laughs> I would think about these murders. And I was like, I got to stop mm-hmm. this. I got, cause I was associating them with each other, yeah. you know? So I was like, you've ruined Candy Crush for me now. Cause I'm just thinking about <laughs> like all this stuff, but it is, it is one of the most intense ones. So I've actually like, I still enjoy documentaries and stuff like that, but I don't, um, I don't listen to a lot of true crime podcasts mm-hmm. anymore. Like I like if there's like one of those ones, that's like a whole yeah. story, like a dirty John and cereal, mm-hmm. those are interesting, but, but no, I can't do the, the episodics anymore for myself, which is funny because mm-hmm. I do one, but I just, it was, it was too much. I was associating everything. Yeah that I was doing with murder. And I was like, this is not a healthy way to ride the train. <laughs> uh, have you done the, for the mini series one, have you listened to not in my backyard or our backyard? No. Is it good? Fascinating. And it's, not, it's, not. Uh, I'll, I will send you the actual links. I'm please, right please, um, please, please. But it's about a, a, a murder that happened in central California by San Luis Obispo. Okay. And the guy who makes it is like, He's an amateur investigator. And oh, I love it. He uncovers things that the police we hadn't even had. And that's the wildest part about these. It's like, where the fuck? How do you have? Yeah. To, it's like they're, they're, it's really a full time job. Some of these podcasts finding yeah. shit. It's wild. Yeah. 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 And the case has has new things have opened up and things have happened because of the podcast, which I love. Uh-huh. That always is. Yeah. It's so shocking to me. It's wild. Yeah. 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 Um, well, for everyone who now also wants to be your best friends, where can they find you, follow you, support you and come see you? Yes. Come, come support me over. I'm on Instagram at case space, B C A S E F A C E B, uh, Twitter, Casey Balsham, TikTok at case space B. Um, and I usually post shows on my Instagram, uh, in the stories. So I'm in New York and then I'll be in Scotland the entire month of August at fringe. So if you're in the UK, come on over. Love it. We also ask everyone on the podcast where they put themselves on the powerful lady scale. Um, zero is your average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine. Where do you put yourself on average and where would you put yourself today? (laughs) 
Well, I do cry a lot. So uh, I would, <laughs> I would put myself, you know what? I feel like I, I you know, you want to give yourself a 10, but I'm, but I also, you know, like paper cuts hurt. So I'm just trying to think, oh man, <laughs> I like, there are parts of me that are very wimpy. I'm going to give myself an eight on a powerful ladies scale. Cause I've, I have it. No, you know what? I'm going to give myself a nine because the IVF and I'm only not giving myself the 10 because I definitely like bump my knee and, and it frustrates, you know, like the little oh, yeah. things I do where, where a powerful woman would just bump and walk. And I definitely yeah. pause and grab. So I'm going to give myself a nine though, because IVF yeah. is a fucking bitch and I am very mm-hmm. powerful for going through it and yes. getting up every day and living my life. You are, you absolutely are big old. I'm a niner. <laughs> and mm-hmm. we've also been asking everyone this year, what do you need? What are you looking for? Cause this is a powerful community. And I really believe that what you need, someone might have the key that's right in front of you or listening. So what, what would you like? What's in your magic wish list? Oh my God. Um, well, I, I, really want, uh, this special that I created about infertility to be seen. So I really would like that to be, um, to be picked up by someone to distribute. That would be awesome. Uh, I really, you know, listen, I need everybody think about, think about my baby, tell them to tell tell them to come, tell them we're ready for them. And, uh, and I, I really need a way to reverse gray hair. And I really need, it's, it's just, it's going fast. And I really need somebody in New York that has laser hair removal that they would like to give me for, uh, for, for Instagram ads, you know, I'll put it on Instagram. If you get rid of my beard, somebody help me, please get rid of this fucking beard that I've had since I was 10. <laughs> I'm done with you. I'm done with my beard. <laughs> I am very much looking forward to seeing the brand partnerships that now show up on your Instagram because mm-hmm. it is vast. And there's so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Hair cool. removal, hair removal. That's all. I, I'm very, I'm a simple woman. Sponsor me with cheese or hair removal. That's it. Done. Just yes. Give me my, give me my dairy and take away my hair. And maybe knee pads. So you don't need to have those moments. And help me with my, I swear to God, if there's a bench somewhere, I will find it. I will find yeah. it with my knees. I'm okay. not graceful. <laughs> That's not a powerful lady requirement at all. Oh, good, no. good, 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 good. That's good to know. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being a yes to me and the powerful ladies and taking time to hang out today. This has been a pleasure and my face hurts much more than it does. So thank you for also building. My oh, structure. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me on. I had a great time. And uh, yeah, thanks for doing a podcast that supports women. All the links to connect with Casey are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. They're critical for our podcast visibility and getting us in front of more people like you who would love to hear this episode. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or Kara underscore Duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode and new amazing guest. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.